what's going on? It's Austin Gray. Welcome to the first owner-operator podcast episode here. So I wanted to record this episode on my own just to share with you all what my vision is for this podcast, what kind of content we're going to be creating, who's going to be on it, and what you what you can expect as a listener. So just a quick intro about me. We'll do episode two as more deeper dive intro um, into me as a, as a service-based entrepreneur, but my name is Austin Gray. I've started Bear Claw Land Services in October of, excuse me, in July of 2022. And in like 15 months, we've grown to multiple six figures uh, from startup phase. We offer land clearing, excavation services, and tree removal services, um, specifically focused on fire mitigation out here in the Western United States. Uh, we have a ton of dead trees throughout the forest of all of them out, all the Rocky Mountains here. And um, yet there's just a big problem. I identified that there's a problem and I went and created a business around that to solve that. Um, I'll get more into my story in the next episode, but let's stay on track here. Uh, so what are you going to get if you listen to this podcast? I am going to be diving deep into local service-based businesses. I believe that there's a massive opportunity here. The reason there is, is because... Most people want to build a remote tech-based business, you know, either SaaS, e-commerce, something to do with drop shipping, you know, Amazon fulfillment, um, or they're trying to go get a remote job. Um, it's just what we're dealing with right now. The, the second piece that we're dealing with is there were baby boomers, a whole generation of people who were self-reliant and started a lot of small service-based businesses. And those people are at retirement age right now. So they're either at this, like they've got to make a decision. They're, they're going to either sell their business or they're going to shut it down. So if they sell the business, uh, they're likely going to sell it to someone who wants to play armchair quarterback, doesn't really have, may or may not have experience in a specific industry, um, is likely a good businessman or businesswoman, um, but is probably not the same type of person who started that business. You see the baby boomers, like when they started this business, they were very hands-on. They just blocked and tackled. They showed up, they put their boots on, they went to work, they took a thermos full of coffee. You know, they worked long hours, they built the business, they hired people who fit with their personality. And when those businesses exchange hands, <clears throat> It's a crapshoot whether that business is still going to be successful or not. The new owner is either going to jive with the new employees or all the new employees are going to quit. And if that happens, then all this market share opens up for more opportunity. Okay, the, the second option here is that those baby boomers don't even realize that they have anything that's worth selling. So they just shut the business down. And I've heard of this multiple times. Like I have a friend over in Steamboat who, who whose parents just shut their business down and the business was cranking like they were making a bunch of money but they just shut it down um and i think that that's going to happen a lot over the next decade here and so that brings us to a massive opportunity as millennials and as gen z as people who understand how to work technology and if you are someone who grew up in a blue collar household like i did my dad owns a concrete business he's also a general contractor home builder um if you know how to work with your hands and if you're willing to get out there and hustle a little bit and do the work, like there's a massive opportunity to go start businesses and take over market share over the next decade. Um, 
So that's sort of the, the core philosophy as to why I started my business is because I don't feel like there are a ton of people who are millennials or Gen Z who are like trying to jump back into the trades or the services, right? When you talk about trades, you're talking about like HVAC, plumbing, electrical, um, even things like you know, well pump installers, well drillers. Think of all the phases that go into construction. And those are kind of like what's considered the trades, right? Not a lot of people are getting back into the trades. Why? Because everybody wants a remote job. I shouldn't say everybody. That's like a very um, general statement. But most people in this day and age want to sit behind a computer and have a remote job, have flexibility. They don't. You know, they're not willing to like get out there and get their hands dirty. And so if you are willing to get out there and get your hands dirty and you do want to start a business, there's a massive opportunity here. That's why I'm starting this podcast. I started my business, like I said, July, 2022, we've grown from zero to, um, yeah, we're well on our way to a million in revenue next year. I fully believe that we'll hit seven figures next year. Um, and, and, and the reason is because I believe that there's an opportunity we've seized the opportunity we show up we focus on delivering five-star service and i believe that this opportunity exists in every market across the u.s and it also exists in multiple other service categories as well so for the first interview well let me take a step back i'm going to be recording episodes like this kind of on my thoughts, core values, philosophy, or kind of insights about my journey, building the business from zero to multiple six figures. And then I'm also going to bring on other entrepreneurs throughout the country who are offering different services, not specifically land clearing or excavation. Uh, and I'm going to ask them questions about how they built their business. And so we're going to bring on a, a kind of a mix of different episodes here. One of me getting on here talking to of interview style format. The first interview, stick around. We're recording next Saturday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. And it will be a guy named Julius out of New York who started a pressure washing business. He's 23 years old. He started it in college. And we'll get way further into how he built the business from the ground up. And my hope is that in these interviews... I can extract some things that you should do and things that you shouldn't do if you're considering starting your own business. So um, hopefully you will be able to take away some learnings of what not to do and what to do. But in this day and age, if you're not, like if you don't have a digital presence, then you, you're, you're kind of behind, right? You'll notice that a lot of entrepreneurs or baby boomer entrepreneurs who have these businesses do not have digital presences and that is why so that well that's why i think there's a, a big opportunity here for example we got our first actually first two federal projects specifically because i've invested money into having a professional built website having it seo optimized basically showcasing exactly what services we offer and this is where the massive opportunity is if you can have a website in a, in a Google My Business and you can optimize for some of that in early on, like you're going to get calls. But I'm not the type of person who's going to solely rely on digital marketing presence. Like if you want to start a small business, like getting out there, 
boots on the ground, knocking on doors. Check out the the owner operator blog. I wrote a blog post on it over week ago or so on how to generate your first jobs. This can apply to any service-based business. I don't care what service you're offering. If you want to go get your first jobs, this one was written specifically towards land clearing businesses, but you can go read that and you can start a pressure washing business with that mentality from that blog post. And it basically requires a couple different things. Like if you're willing to go out, hand out flyers, knock on doors, talk to people, ask people what they need, there are people who are willing to pay you for what they don't want to do or what they don't know how to do. Okay. That's why the opportunity exists for service businesses. So I'm rambling a little bit here, but I, I get really excited about this because th this opportunity is what I think is the biggest opportunity for millennials and Gen Z entrepreneurs who want to start their own business. Look, you can keep a really small team. And I fully believe it's very possible to grow not only a six-figure base, six-figure business, but a seven-figure business where you pay yourself uh, multiple six figures a year if that's what you uh, want to do. You can keep it as small as you want. And you can keep it as big as you want. If you want to just go do the solo owner-operator thing, like I think it's fully, fully possible to go do and with like you and one other person, like quarter million in revenue a year like that's very possible half a million in revenue a year like if you got a couple guys or a couple gals working along with you like it's very very possible if you just follow some of the basic blocking and tackling principles that um, i'm going to talk about on this podcast i learned this from my dad he owns a decorative concrete business like stamped and stained concrete but i just saw him operate his business and I saw how hard he worked and I saw how much effort he put into delivering five-star service um, and taking care of his customers. If something went wrong, he was always back there to fix it. Um, treating customers with respect, answering your phone. Like there, these are sort of things that we're going to talk about on the podcast, but it's really basic and simple rudimentary business principles that if you can do on a day-to-day -day basis, and if you can just show up with the mentality that you're going to put your boots on in the morning and go out and make things happen in the field, it is very possible to go start a service-based business. And hopefully by listening to this podcast, you will get some ideas on some different industries or services that can suit you well. Some will be low capital upfront costs, like the first episode when I bring on Julius, that's going to be a low capital intensive business. You can go buy a pressure washer for a couple hundred bucks. We'll talk about that interview and you could go get pressure washing clients like today or tomorrow. Um, whereas like if you want to start a land clearing business, the reason why I like the land clearing business and the excavation business is because you have a moat and think about this. Like when you build a castle, you've got a moat around or most castles were built with a moat. What is that? built to do. It's like built to protect you from, um, essentially the competition, right? And so the moat in my business is there it's, it's high CapEx, which basically means like high capital expenditures, right? So there are a lot of assets that are involved in delivering the services that we deliver. Some people see it as a good thing. Some people see it as a bad thing. I like it because a lot of people are going to go take out half a million bucks in debt 
or get equipment loans for half a million bucks to go bill out, you know, a million to a million and a half in revenue. For me, I like it because I grew up doing it. I know the business, I know how to operate it. I know how to bill for it. Um, but others may be better suited to buying a pressure washer for, you know, call it three or 400 bucks and going and offering pressure washing services. So if you stick around on this podcast, my hope is to give you some different ideas, um, about starting a local service business. And I am really excited to do this. This is something I've been looking forward to doing. We operate, uh, six to seven months out of the year in the field. And living in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, we have a heavy snowfall. So uh, we're not able to do land clearing, tree removal, um, excavation type work through the winter. So my focus is going to be on creating content on areas like the podcast over the winter. We'll distill that into blog posts. If you haven't already, sign up for our free newsletter. We, we give you a free playbook for uh, starting your own business as an owner-operator. Um, in the next episodes, we're going to cover, I'm going to share a little bit more about myself, about how I started the business, why I started the business. I started another episode. We're going to uh, coin it the owner operator mindset. So like, what does it take? And like, why, you know, everybody talks about like scaling businesses and whatnot. And like traditionally, like being an owner operator, like, isn't that cool online, right? Because there's so many people who want to like scale a multi-million dollar business, but they don't necessarily want to just be like one guy in one truck or one gal in one truck kind of business. Um, my perspective is that I had to humble myself to put on the owner operator hat, right. And be willing to deliver the work and take a long-term approach to go build a team that I can build something that's bigger than myself. But we'll dive into that episode three. That one will be titled the owner operator operator mindset. So go give that one a listen and we're going to dive deep into like what it takes to start a business as an owner operator. Um, and then, like I said, next week we will be bringing on the first guest. His name is Julius from New York and we will see you in the next episode. So thanks for listening. My motto is work hard, do your best. Never settle for less, and good things will come whenever you do that.